Welcome to the Johnny Hot Socks Show, hosted by Johnny Hot Socks, a podcast exploring the success stories of inspirational and influential people across industries. Now, here's your host, Johnny Hot Socks. John, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, let's get right into it. So where were you born and raised? Uh, born and raised in the great town of Winthrop, Massachusetts. Little, little island town outside the, uh, outside the city, um, 68,000 people. Everyone knows everyone's business, but I uh, wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome, awesome. So then, you know, you grew up, I'm assuming, playing hockey. Tell us more about that, your passion for hockey. and um... Yeah, uh, grew up playing hockey, uh, passion for, for hockey and soccer, believe it or not. Um, was, I guess, considered a pretty good soccer player as well. Um, you know, one thing from that has been um, – you know, I learned a lot about myself through sports and, and hockey took myself through a path where, um, you know, I, I, I figured out that's what I, I can't say that's not what I wanted to do, but that's, that's what, um, you know, that's where it took me. You know, I was a academics first, always in my family, um, athletic second and, and hockey was able to, to build a career and a platform off that. So, uh, you know, I ended up being my, my business and, and everything else that, that's helped me raise my family and do all that stuff. So, so let's, let's go back. So as so a college level, um, where'd you, where'd you go to school? I went to university of Southern Maine, uh, in Portland. And, um, a lot of people say like, Hey, you know, why, why'd you pick it? Where'd you go there for? And, and I didn't come from, uh, I came from a, you know, a middle-class working family. My mom was a nurse for 42 years. My dad worked for Raytheon. Uh, and was in the funeral business for, for 30 plus years, but you know, he was a military guy. He um, didn't go to college. So like for me, you know, being like a first generation college person in my intermediate family was, uh, I didn't know anything about schools and all that stuff. I loved my experience. I loved my education, but I just didn't know much. And I kind of got excited at, at a lot of opportunities and I picked that one and it was a great decision for me. And, and again, looking back on it, it was probably the best thing I've ever done. So while you're in college playing hockey, I mean, like, what, I guess, where was your mindset in college with hockey? Like, wh- like where'd you want to go with it? Uh, you know what? I just wanted to be the best possible student athlete I could at the time. Yeah. Three school. You don't think about, you know, obviously there's the opportunity to play after, which is, which is all we know is, is great. But, you know, for me, it was, um, how do I, you know, let's get my education first and how do I push on from that? Because again, if I played out another year of what they have junior hockey now and all that, I would have an opportunity to play somewhere else, but um, who knows, who knows? But at the time it was, it was hockey in school and I got lucky and had a really, really good hockey career there. Um, I had some great accolades as a hockey player um, that I'm, that I'm super proud of. And, and my career continued on for another six and a half, seven years after college. So let's, let's talk about those accolades. Might as well throw them on. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing. I mean, I was, uh, I was an all American, uh, in college, which was, which was pretty cool. Uh, there was only for a defenseman, there was only four in the, in the country. Um, so again, it's, it's something I'm super proud of. Um, but it just not, it wasn't a goal. It wasn't like, Hey, I need to be this. Like it yeah. just, I just put the work in and it worked out. And again, just, just something I'm, I'm grateful for. And you know, through, the four years I was part of the all league teams and all that stuff. And I just use each year and each kind of different accolade as a building block on what I can do and accomplish next, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you said after college for six years, you continue playing hockey. So I guess what level, what, like what type of things did you do? I played minor pro. Uh, I played minor pro for, 
a little over three, I got 300 games ish, um, just under that. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was cool. It was a great experience. We got opportunity. I think for me, the economy was really poor at the time, 2005, six, seven. So there weren't a lot of jobs to be had either. So it continued me on my, you know, to be able to keep playing and meet people. And it's honestly that, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't always the best of times. There was some ups and downs. There was some bad injuries. There was all that stuff. But for me, it was the, I use it for a platform of meeting people because at the end of the day, we all end up playing adult league hockey, right? So, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't use it to say like, hey, I played, you know, professional hockey, which was really cool. I used it to see how many people I could meet and what I can do furthering my career as either a business person or I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. And, and that was also a great thing for me. Um, I played in cities that were uh, incredible to play for. Uh, the fan base was unbelievable. So we got really lucky. I played in Alabama in Huntsville, Alabama for four years. And I mean, we had six, 7,000 fans a game and, and we were pretty recognized around the city and they're, they're, why leave, you know? And yeah. uh, it was just a really cool opportunity for me. And I got super lucky and super fortunate to be able to do something like that. So once the hockey career kind of like shifted, where was your mindset then? Like what, I mean, how did you even decide what you wanted to do after that? How did that? I had no idea. And you know what, for me, it's like it, the story I don't really talk about often is like how my career kind of ended. And, um, you know, I, I, I was pretty enraged and, and enraged isn't the right word, but I was pretty upset <laughs> with like, you know, I'd gotten hurt one year and I'd gotten hurt like part of another year. And I, I took some damage to to my eye and, and um, I, I, my last season just didn't go well for me personally, uh, playing wise. And I got let go. I got released. And that was the first time in my life of just like, you know, I was a captain of the team and all that stuff. And I just wasn't, I wasn't, you know, my end of the bargain is business. Right? It wasn't personal. It was strictly business and, and I wasn't doing it. And uh, I really resented hockey um, for a while there. And I came home and uh, I got a call. There was a, a really lower level of hockey um, at the time. And it was, you know, the lowest level of pro hockey and, and a few buddies were playing there. And I got a phone call and said, would I come up for a few months in, in Connecticut? And I'm like, I'm done, man. I was just so bitter with the game. And, and I went and played, and it was the most fun I've ever had. And the hockey wasn't great. The pay wasn't great. But what it did is it kind of reinvigorated my love for the sport because I didn't have any stress. I went there. I played. I produced. I, you know, I finished my career with, with over a point a game in that 20-game span. But that wasn't important for me. That brought back, like, that. it was fun for me. So I went there and just played, and I had no other worries. I didn't have to think about, like, life happening and yeah. anything. And I cut it after there and it was just like a deciding moment for me that like, I do love this sport. I don't hate it. You know, I, the, the decisions I made along the way weren't the best ones and that made me like go away from the sport and just kind of come back to it. So, you know, that, that time was happening. And then, um, you know, I thought I wanted to go into education at first. So we had a, a you know, being from Winthrop, we had a teacher that was sick. Um, he was going through some cancer treatment. So we became a permanent sub in, in the Winthrop High Public Schools. Um, and I was teaching health sciences and, you know, it was a substitute. So I was just kind of getting a feel for what it was. And, uh, I liked it and I applied for a job at a boarding school. Uh, I went to Bridgeton Academy in 2000, 2001. So I applied as an alum and I got a job as a, um, as an admissions director and, uh, an hockey coach. So, uh, right, right away into education for another five years before I cut the education part off, moved on my career and became strictly a coach. And then here we are now. All right. So now, okay. So you did education, but where did like, let them start. I mean, it's a genius idea invention. Um, 
<laughs> when did like your mind, like when did it become like, Hey, I want to take the risk and, you know, come up with the company. I guess go back for a second. When yeah. did you come up with the company idea? And like, when did things kind of start flowing in your head? Dude, it was, um, it was brought to me, uh, believe it or not. Um, guy, Josh Miller, uh, former New England Patriot, won a Super Bowl with them. And, uh, and I think it was 04. Um, then played for the, the Steelers for a long time, finished all his career in Pittsburgh. And a friend of his, Jason Silver, who was a player agent and the uh, very, for the Steinberg group, very quarterback heavy group. Uh, so I got two football guys that thought of an idea of weighted training tools. And um, Josh being a, a celebrity in the football world per se, um, you know, had always he's tinkered with these ideas and, and thought he could do it. And they just came up with the idea of putting it together. And um, before I came in the fold, they brought it to Mike Ruzioni, um, uh, you know, Olympic gold medalist there. Yeah. And, uh, went to the guy and, and Mike said, you know what, you got to meet John, obviously, and, and my, who's me. And uh, I had the chance to sit down with those two. And we took the idea that was, that's cool. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, this is cool yeah <laughs> you know let's see what it you know what's it gonna do and then we you know the prototype was made and it was put in a hand and it was more than cool and it just kind of blew up so it made the decision to get in on it at the infancy stages at the idea stage and um where we went with it and it was it's been the scariest three years of my life <laughs> all right so once you have the stick made the prototype yeah i mean like how does it even go from there like i mean you, how do you run with it you just go back to like all the you know your former NHL people, all your previous hockey people, and just kind of say, hey, this is this. I can, like, what do you guys think about it? So basically, it's what we did is we, we found a way to get into, you know, we used our connections, and, um, you know, we, that's what we did. We went to the NHL guys. We went to the Pittsburgh Penguins and, uh, and Sidney Crosby and those guys and had them test it and see if they liked it, and they loved it. And uh, our first school to get it, and I'll give, I'll give Aruzioni the credit for this, was, was Boston University. And um, – David Quinn, David Quinn's who now is the head coach of the New York Rangers. Uh, Quinny loved it. Uh, the players got them all. And then Quinny got the job in the Rangers. So the Rangers got some and we just kind of pushed on from there. So that was the, the beginning part. And then it slowed down. Like it, it really did. So it's like, okay, we know we have a product. We know, you know, what we have works the analytics work of it, all that stuff. So where do we go from here and how do we take it to go? And we really started building our platform of, uh, a lot of it on the why, the science behind it, why it works, how it's helpful, um, you know, and just information overload. And then we started to spread through youth organizations and, and this and that. And, and our, you know, we took our lumps for sure because it's it's cash flow, right? So we, we yeah. went in with this idea of trying to eliminate as much business debt as possible. And it was just, we'd have a good month and we'd get more. We'd have a good month and get more. So <laughs> cash flow just is in and out, in and out. But we sustained and uh, – you know, and now we've, we've tailed from, from hockey to then we jumped into lacrosse uh, and now we're, we're, we're blowing up in golf. So it's been, um, it's something that's been uh, based on connections and based on, you know, again, all the things that I did throughout those years in the minor leagues and the people I connected with, I opened up that Rolodex and just started reaching out and calling people. And, um, and we've done it with five of us, six of us really that have been able to do this. So, I mean, like on, on a weekly base, I know it's now it's a little bit different, but like you'd be traveling a lot, going to different sports teams, like whatever type of um, expos, shows that you could go to and just. Yeah. Like, so that, that, those stuff that were, at first it was like, cool, yeah. get it out there. And then it, it just, it turned a little bit. Right. And then when I say it turned, like we went from going to like paying to get in these like hockey expos to, to being at like the NHL all-star games to being at, 
uh, we went to the ESPYs. We went to, and, and we were showcased at all these, these high level events. And we've been able to, to do such great things. Like, and so when you go to these big events, they have gifting suites, right? And what a gifting suite is, so I'll give the NHL awards, for example, and, and it's, the NHL awards are in Vegas every year. So basically you take like the, the big suite at the top of the hotel and you have all these major companies in there. So like uh, we're one of them. And then there's, um, you know, Roan, who's like a Lululemon out of New York. There's, there's all these different, there's suit companies that go in and, and the players can go through and they get the opportunity to get gifts, right? So they can get a new suit, they can get a watch, they can get whatever, you know, it's, they've earned it. It's kind of there again. And uh, so for us, it was, we were there with the opportunity to give some of our product away and it just created such a buzz of just like, you know, and when we started plugging those social medias, when you're, you're there with all the NHL guys or when you're at the SB awards and you're taking pictures with all these famous athletes like that, it creates such a buzz and like the sales pick up and everything goes like that. So it's, it's been, again, it's been a shot in the arm. And then, um, really excited and how it worked out and and now we've we've connected our network has grown and people have you know we have a lot of high level athletes using our product and and i think the best thing we've done as our company is that we don't bug them you know we we take care of them we make sure they have the product we make sure we like it and that's it we kind of let them be and every now and then i'll reach out to one of them and be like hey can you do me a favor and send like a quote or a video but like I know a lot of these companies like they they figure that they give something to a high level athlete and they they deserve everything back you know, like, you know, can you give me the, I gave you this, I gave you, no, just, just let them be, man. They'll come around and like the NHL just played in the bubble. Right. So they were yeah. all up in Toronto and Edmonton. So we had a lot of players up there with our sticks in the bubble. Dude, I could, my phone was blowing up with some of these NHL guys of just like, Hey, can I get one? How do I get this? Can I buy one? And I'm looking at the names. I'm like, Holy cow. Like <laughs> well, my pass around and it's cool, but that's like, that's how it goes. And it's, we just try to treat people the best as possible and put the best product we can out there. And man, I, I will tell you one thing, it's still scary every day. This, this COVID thing was like, when it's still going on, but yeah, all the events that we did really well at got canceled and like man, businesses, we, we, we hung, we hung, man. Like, yeah. So how, how, I mean, I guess that's taking a massive, massive turn for you guys. Cause I'm assuming all, all being all the youth athletes, I mean, you can't like go anywhere. So how, how have you guys kind of adapted to that and, well, I guess adapted to COVID. You know what? I think for us, the scary thing is that we have to, obviously, we got to a point where we're starting to pay ourselves, right? So it, it just completely, um, you know, that pay cash trap us. So we had to cut back on a lot of things. And the, the, the sales uh, went well for COVID because people were training at home. Um, and then we'd run out of product because so many people bought it, which is a good thing. And then it's like, we have to figure out distribution. We have to figure out all this. So it was, man, it was, it was the hardest thing that we had to kind of go through and figure out because, you know, we knew we had enough to get us through two, three months, um, four months. And then we hit fifth month and we're like, Whoa, <laughs> it's, <laughs> what are we gonna do? yeah. And it's that man, that's part of being an, an entrepreneur. It's just like, you don't sleep. You don't, you stress about, it. you got a family to worry. I got, I got kids. I got all that stuff. So it's like, and then we just, we, we came out on the other side with it and, and through COVID it allowed us to connect with, with major retailers and some partners coming up in the future. Uh, we're going into uh, to, to 300 uh, Dick's Sporting Goods and Golf Galaxies just on golf. Um, you know, we're working on PGA Superstore right now. So our, our golf side, in hockey too, but like we're really just, we use the time to, to network with, with the people that we needed to network with to get ourselves in a position to get 
uh, into these retail stores. And, and now we're, we're working on the build to, to be in these things. So it's such a back on. So golf. So I guess, when did you think at one point, like, all right, we have hockey, like this is going pretty good. How do you even go into, hey, hey, let's make a golf stick too. Let's make a lacrosse stick. How does that even? For those guys, for Jason and Josh, golf was the original idea. And it was how and when, and they, we decided to go with hockey because it's the hardest platform first. It's the, it's a very, you know, niche sport. It's, we always say, if you're 23 years old and you're using our stick, you're getting paid. Like there's no other, like an older player is not going to use it. Right. Yeah. So we have a very small window, a very small market in hockey. And how do we get there? Um, with golf, you can be 10 years old and you can be 90 years old. Everyone <laughs> wants to get, but everyone wants to get better at golf like that. Yeah. It becomes infatuous. Right. So the market says that last year, $128 million were spent in training products. Right. So it's like, Oh, there's an opportunity there, of course, but we need to do it right. And, um, we, we went with a company called Fujikora, who was the leading shaft in, in golf for drivers. Uh, we took a shaft and we infused it with our gel, which is, which is our product, gel sticks. And um, what we found is it decreased swing speed. And with a decrease in swing speed, it's like putting a donut in a baseball bat, right? So you're losing your swing speed, you're losing your ball speed. So what happens? You lose your distance. However, it's weighted. So now when you go back to your club, and now you're hitting your own club, your Callaway, your ping, whatever, you're increasing your swing speed. And now you're seeing 10 to 20 yards distance difference in your ball. Right. So it's like, and it's not heavy enough. Like people pick it up like, oh, okay. And then they start hitting with it and they're like, yeah, they get it. And now like people are like, well, is it too heavy where it screws your swing up and all that stuff? It's just right. It's a perfect weight. And then like, we have guys like, like Doshambo who's doing really well right now on, on the PGA he's, he's a guy that, that hits our club. And it's, it's, um, you know, we're not the end all be all, but for an amateur golfer, a guy like myself who, who hacks away every now and then, like I've seen, but I've seen a significant difference in just how I hit the ball just because I'm, I'm actually, I'm using it and I'm trying to figure it out because yes, it's my product. And yes, I'm average at golf. But I want to get better too, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but the market for, for golf is, is just such a, it's so big, you know, and, and the biggest thing for us, why it took us three years to come out with it is because you got one shot at a first impression. And if we came out with a product that was inferior, like we're done, we're not coming back. So we, we tested it, we marketed it, we put it out there, we did all the swing readers, all the analytics, all that stuff. And, and we got it just right. Now it's time to, to showcase it and, and see what happens. And it's, uh, that's insane. Yeah, just cross your fingers and go, you know, and it's just like anything else. It was like starting hockey again, man. It's, it's cash out the window. It's, it's, it's scary. but It's, it's like a lot of things happening at once. Yeah, like, yeah, but it, that's how you build a company, right? Like people, yeah. a lot of companies that don't make it to our point right now. They would have put the shop, folded up shop and, and gone away and, and that's it, you know, so we're, we're, we're sticking through the turn. And then, so let's touch base back on lacrosse. So like it just, so now I mean, my, my mindset is, all right, so you had golf was the original idea. You yeah. waited a long time to do it, broke into hockey. And then when was your thought like, all right, let's expand into other sports too. We have the, uh, we have the property rights to any tube in sports. So like someone can take like cement and put it in, in something, they can't put anything <laughs> like we have. So we, we did a good job with our patents and all that stuff. So, and we have the tubing rights. So like lacrosse makes sense, right? It, it's yeah. uh, increase your weight and something to train with. And then when you, you know, when you take it away and you have your normal shaft, you're going to see 
uh, an increase in your quick twitch muscles and all that stuff. And you're going to pick up just like anything else, uh, ball speed, swing speed, anything like that. And you know what? I think the biggest and hardest thing for anyone in business and for me was you have so much pride in a product, right? And then when people say like, no, it doesn't work. Uh, or when scientists say, well, it actually hurts this and it hurts this. And, and you're like, okay, well, it's for me, you get defensive at first, right? But yeah. Like, no, it works and you're so prideful of your product. And then you have to realize that like, no matter what you do, there's, there's pole punchers and nitpickers yeah. and, and, you know what? We're not for everyone. And that was the best part about like, that was the biggest revolution I've had in this, this whole business world. It's like, you know what? You're not going to please everybody. People are going to hate your product. Majority are going to love your product. So it's like haters are going to hate and, and people that love it are going to support and, and it's okay. You know, and that's yeah. like, it, it's not personal, it's business, you know? And, and that's the taking the personal aside and, and pushing it to the outside is the hardest thing to do when you run, own, invest in a company. So I, mean, I guess, so I mean, pretty much you want to, you guys want to be in pretty much, I'm trying to think of other sports. What are those? Yeah. What are the sports you guys looking at? I think baseball, um, I was about to say baseball yeah. is a great opportunity, you know, and, and again, for us, like we have some prototypes out there, but it's, it's the how, like, how can we, how can we do it where it's not too heavy? Is it just, you know, do we do it this way or that way? And I think with our, again, we talk about our network, you know, it's making a prototype and getting it to the hands of a professional. I'm not a professional baseball player. I was an average like player back when it's not my wheelhouse and it's in, and it's okay. So can we make some prototypes? Can we get them in the hands of people that are professionals that are in the major leagues? And, and that's how we experiment and that's how we do things. And, and, you know, again, it, it may be a bust, but we're going to work our way to get there to make sure it's the right thing, you know? And, and yeah. again, it's uh, everyone trains different and there's not one way to be successful. And that's the biggest thing is that how do we, you know, the, in new England, right. Everyone looks at Tom Brady because he what, but he, yeah, but he wasn't drafted. He's drafted yeah. last or he didn't went to Michigan yeah. didn't play and all that stuff. So like everyone thinks, and it's hard because like, well, how did Tom do it? How did you know, he worked hard? This and that. that doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Like my refrigerator works hard. I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> good. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but it's like, it's, um, you know, how do we, how do we capture the majority audience that we know that this product can, can work for them. Um, so that's our biggest thing with this. Just how do we, how do we get there? So, I mean, as the company has grown and such, what, I mean, what does your day-to-day -day look like? Like what things you have to do on a consistent basis? Um, I guess like today, for instance. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, today I have the opportunity to, to get on Zoom with you and do this. So that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, day-to-day -day is, uh, it, it floats, right? So we have, uh, I'll tell you, we have um, five full-time um, employees, which, you know, from distribution to, CEO to whatever, you know, very, very simple. And then we have some independent sales reps that, that go out there as a part-time gig on top of the full-time job that go out there across the country and get into pro shops and golf courses and hockey rinks and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and make a percentage of sales, uh, because they have a passion of doing stuff like that. And it's Christmas time. It puts a little money in the, in, the, in their pockets for sure. Um, but day to day for me is I wake up, make sure the kids get themselves to school or homeschool at this point and get set up and uh, you know it's right at it it's it's follow-up emails i have to make sure that um what we have for stock that our sales conversions are there 
uh, I do everything from uh, helping with finance um, to looking for financing to uh, managing a sales team, selling myself, um, and just continuing to build dialogue and networks for our company and, and how we can grow. So um, it's not always glorious. I, I'll be very frank with you. There's days where I sit there where I think I should be doing something and I just spin my wheels, right? So it's like, I, I sometimes I try to make myself busier than I have to be because you look at all these cliches and all these terms and all these books and how you have to grind to like make it to the top. And it's, you just gotta be smart and calculated about it, you know? And, and you gotta know when the burnout level is. And there's days where I gotta shut down for an hour and just kind of gather my thoughts and get myself back together. And, you know, not all, not every day is, is roses. And, and um, there's a lot of hard conversations that happen throughout the day with partners and, and all that stuff, because there's a lot of stress involved. So, yeah. you know, day to day can vary. It really can. And I try to focus my days to get things done. We communicate with our staff twice a week. Uh, Monday, Friday. And I think that's an important thing for our clubhouse, we call it and, and see what, you know, what's how the week's going to go and, and what the weeks look like at the end. So kind of a, a setup and a breakdown. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I mean, I guess that to, to, um, I might as well get in the hot seat then. Let's might as well get into it. So yeah. Um, <laughs> these questions, just random questions and I, I'm just going to go with it. So hot or cold showers, man. Um, that's, a, I, I love a boiling hot shower. Like, I just turn my back and I sit there and sometimes I just cry to myself. <laughs> just a uh, hot shower for sure. Uh, as hot as you can get them. Um, when I say, I can say in my playing days, uh, cold showers because it would wake me up after a long night of, of being out. So. <laughs> uh, what's the last song you listened to? Last song I listened to. Um, I took my daughter to preschool and it was Miley Cyrus party in the USA. <laughs> Great song to wake up to. Um, are you a fan of Nickelback? Um, I am a fan of Nickelback. Let's go. Let's go. Because I saw them in 2006 live, and they started with that song, Animal. Yep. They did it so right. Their concert was so good, and it just turned my – I wasn't a Nickelback fan until I had the opportunity to see them live by default, and they rocked it. They get a lot of hate. And like, they have tons of you know, number one singles. And like, and it's the funniest thing to see people talk about it. Um, favorite movie. Oh, I, I can't, I can't say favorite movie. I'm going to twist your, your question. Yep. Um, Shawshank Redemption is the movie I can't change. Yeah. So if it's on TV, I'm stuck watching it for the next three hours. Cause it's, I need, go, go. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got, I got yeah. Um, what's your uh, favorite actor? Uh, favorite actor, Tom Hanks, man. Classic, great yeah. guy. Um, favorite musician or or band? That's probably easier. That is such a hard one. Top, uh, top, it's fine. No, I because I, I don't know. I'm I'm so like diverse. Honestly, every day I, there's some sort of Frank Sinatra on every day in my house. Oh, Frankie, Frank. Yeah. And so since you're in the business now, favorite athlete. Mm. Man, favorite athlete. Um, favorite athlete. Um, man, that is holy. You could do top. You could just probably say, I don't want you to. No, no, no. This is hard one for me. Um, 
you know, I, I think going back, it, it was the late Kobe. I mean, just, you know, his edge and competitiveness. And, and I, I think he's going to go down all time as one of my favorites. He's an absolute beast. Yeah. Um, last meal. <laughs> um, homemade uh, chicken enchiladas and some, uh, some wild white rice. Let's go. Taco Tuesday. Um, <laughs> and last book or current book that you're reading or? Um, the current book I'm reading is, um, uh, the way of the wolf, the new, um, wolf of wall street book. Yeah. Love Jordan Buffett. Just came out, just came out, got it. I picked it up at the Amazon store the other day. I'm, I'm on chapter like four. Uh, before that was Jocko Willink's extreme ownership. I was listening to a a podcast about, uh, with, with Jordan Belfort. He is just a. There's a machine, just a machine, right? His yeah. life. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies, Wolf of Wall Street. Just, I mean, like, I don't know how he's alive. I don't, that's just insane, insane. Crazy. And you know what, Leo? Leo's up there, my favorite actor. Yeah, too. Leo's stuck. my favorite. Um, first child. If I have a boy, Leo, easily. <laughs> um, all right, so some more deep ones. So, what's one thing you wish you had known, you know, before you began your career? Um. One thing I wish I would have known before I, I began my career was um, I don't don't take things so personally. Um, I think that's the biggest that's the biggest thing for me, and it took me a long time to learn that as as a player. Um, you're constantly in, no matter what town you play in or what city, or you're, you're in the papers, you're in spotlight. Um, as a as a business owner, people are going to like or hate your product. Um, they're going to, you're going to have to have hard conversations with people. They're going to like or hate you. And it's, you have to just separate the business from the life. And that was really, really hard for me. I took it a lot of things personal because I took pride in my personal, uh, the way I carried myself, the way I held myself. And, and that was really difficult for me. Uh, what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Um, The biggest failure was definitely like putting everything business and all that stuff and, and work in front of family. Um, you know, I, I looked at success and, and all that stuff is like having to work as hard as you can and provide for those you need to be provided for versus um, knowing how to balance it and balancing it properly and handling myself correctly. So it, so they get the attention when they need the attention or they're around, you know? So it's like cutting off when work's over for me, it, it's gotta be over. You know, I can't sit there and stare at the computer until seven o'clock at night when my kids are asking me to do stuff. Um, so I think that's learning to separate, uh, you know, cut that cord. Uh, what advice would you give someone uh, wanting to pursue a similar career to yours? Um, as cliche as it sounds, uh, don't give up. Um, when you dig for gold, you don't know how long you have to dig to get there. And you could be feet away. And if you give up, you know, it's just gonna, it's gonna haunt you forever, you know, so uh, build it, build it right. Stand by your word. Um, I think that's another, like the biggest lesson is be impeccable with your word, you know, and it just, it'll help benefit you but just just not to not to give up if you're pursuing something you gotta you gotta be all your eggs in one basket you gotta pursue it you gotta you gotta get after it and um you know without being too cliche or any of that stuff it's really the hardest thing to do is to 
to look yourself in the mirror every day and, and tell yourself that you're not going to quit. Totally agree. Um, what are the best resources that have helped you on the way? Um, friends in, uh, in business, friends in, in uh, you know, like a lot of people like to read books as, as I do, but books don't give you real life scenarios and, and real conversation. You know, they give you ideas, they give you thoughts, they give you all that stuff. But I think calling people that you network with and say like, how'd you do it? How'd you do this? How'd you do that? Like, where'd you fail? you know, and, and having those conversations with as many people as possible, because the more views and in, in different aspects you can get of it, the, the more successful you're going to be. And sometimes a simple conversation turns the, turns the light on to a completely different topic and changes it and makes it for the better. And then uh, who's the most influential person? Well, I guess that throughout your whole life. Um, probably my mother, uh, for sure. Uh, very hard nosed Italian woman, but <laughs> She, like both of my parents were there for, for every little thing I did and, and always supported me in my ventures and taught me some really hard life lessons. And it was, um, you know, she, she never, never missed a hockey game. She never missed an event. She never missed a, a, a beat and, um, you know, forever grateful for, for what she did for me and, and how she taught me to be the man I am today and, and all that stuff. You know, we lost her five years ago this month and it was just kind of like, it's part of life, you know, and, and it's probably the hardest thing I had to go through, but you know, the lessons I learned from her are lessons that I want to teach my kids and, and hopefully they pass it on to their kids and it just, it just stays fluid, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess final question is um, how can people reach you and uh, how can people get some gel sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, our website's uh, uh, www.gelsticks.com. That's G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Um, we're on social media at Gelsport. Uh, on Instagram, we have a lot of cool Instagram stuff. So if people want to see our history of like going to the SBs and, and all the cool stuff we have going on, Instagram for sure. Our Twitter game's kind of weak. Um, you can find me on Twitter um, at jlounsbury11, I believe. I'm, I'm a loud mouth on there. I always have something I put out, uh, whether it's life related, hockey related, whatever. Um, you know, you can see some of the athletes that I work with on a personal level, um, getting them ready for their seasons and, 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 uh, so social, social platforms the best. Love it. Well, I, I appreciate your time today. Uh, it means a lot for me that you come on and, uh, everyone, I'll, obviously I'll put all the stuff in the link below and, uh, thank you so much, man. It's been awesome. You're the best, man. I wish Thank you best of luck with this. Can't wait to see you again soon. Just so you know, Johnny is a stud beanbag player. Corner. No, no, no. We, we, calls it different, but no, no. I needed you on the team. You helped me. We, I, we went undefeated that night. Easily. I believe you did. Yes. did. You were an absolute weapon. So. No, no. Both of us. That was a great – oh, what a night. Um, all right. So thank you. All right. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening for everyone, and let's, let's keep doing your thing. Oh,